Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, and for many of you, welcome back to another episode of the Bash Mania podcast. This is episode 25 and I am your host, Justin Bash. Today we have 2020 Olympic hopeful Joey McKenna stopping by, who just had an amazing tournament at the U.S. Open, finished as the runner-up to Jordan Oliver, who's also just lights out lately. If you haven't gone back and listened to Jordan Oliver's episode, as soon as you finish this one, you should go back and finish that one. But we've got a great conversation lined up with Joey, and this is no doubt going to be another great show. We're going to dive right into it. Before we do, go ahead and be sure to subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you listen to podcasts. We have so many more great guests coming up, so be sure to subscribe. And with that said, let's dive into the reason you're here, Joey McKenna. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Mr. Joey McKenna, how are you? I'm good, Justin. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. We keep running into each other for like the last year, everywhere from wrestling tournaments to Don's Beach House, you name it. And we never really get to just sit down and chat. So I'm pumped, especially after this weekend, to be able to do that. Yeah, me too. Let's set the stage with a little bit of background, let people get to know you a little bit more. So you were born in Jersey. Your youth and high school career is bananas. You went to Blair Academy, one of the best schools in, in the country. Tell me a little bit about getting started in wrestling and going to Blair Academy and what that was all like. Um, so, obviously, growing up in Jersey, I wrestled for this club called Pascac Hills. It was uh, my first my first wrestling practice, first wrestling club ever. And, um, you know, there were a lot of big names in the program. Um, you know, we had Mark Gray, Joey Recchio, Chris Villalonga, Frank Cagnina, Austin Ormsby, uh, Brandon Rolnick, just... Names and names. Um, you know, if you're cra- if you're you're crazy about wrestling, then you probably recognize some of those. Right. But yeah, so we were always in kind of that wrestling mindset, and yeah. um, you know, I when I was getting into sixth, sixth and seventh grade, I started going up and training at Blair, um, and I started really getting the taste for that. Coach Buxton was the coach at the time, so. I was able to be in a room with names like Kellen Russell, Jared Platt, um, and all these people. So um, I kind of started going and training there. And um, basically, I just, I wanted to go there. That's that's where I wanted to go, wanted to be. And um, I kind of knew that. So I, of course, like as any other high, uh, middle school kind of kid would i was looking at all those schools in uh in jersey you know blair of course burden catholic del barton um those were all on the radar 
But uh, when it came down to it, because of that previous relationship with uh, Buxton and just kind of going up there and training, I wanted to go uh, to what was the best. I knew I kind of wanted to go to Blair and wanted to be around a national program. And um, that's, that's exactly what I decided to do. Went to Blair and um, had, had some really good teammates up until that point. So I was exposed to high-level high wrestling, I feel like, at a young age, and I always yearned for it, um, which was, you know, great. I loved, loved my whole high school experience, had great teammates. Um, got to wrestle really, really tough um, competition all throughout and probably set the stage for the years to come. And how did you continue to level up at such a young age? Like, you, you did so much between Beast of the East, you won, Fargo, you won, like all these different things. How did you continue to level up and get better? Um, I think as I got older, um, as I started getting older, my, my career kind of started becoming my, my own. Um, you know, when you're young, you wrestle, your parents push you to wrestle, your coaches push you to wrestle and we all wrestle cause you know, we're, we're all competitive at some point too, but I started really gaining a love for it. Um, finding, you know, practices became fun. Um, I was learning new technique and I just found that wrestling was a, a sport and a place where you could always just keep on getting better. Um, and that's that's exactly what it was for me. So I always found that challenge. Um, I think uh, because I was around the high level guys and and older guys, I always um, had people to look up to, people that were doing doing the highest level things, and um, I wanted to I wanted to do that too. And was there a bit of like experimenting and, and trying to see what you liked? Like, I know, for example, I'm curious, didn't you go Greco a few years at, um, at Fargo? Yeah, um, I'm actually a three-time Fargo champ only in Greco. Um, I never wanted in, so what never wanted in freestyle. Um, I started wrestling freestyle and Greco when I was a schoolboy, um, first-year schoolboy. Uh, my a good... <clears throat> friend and old coach of mine, John Gray Jr., uh, brother of Mike Gray. Um, very close with that family, actually. Um, he called me up and asked me to go wrestle for the schoolboy team. So that's where my freestyling Greco career started. And I went to this club in New Jersey, this freestyle Greco club called Eclipse. And I had a coach, Larry Levenstone. He had a Scooby-Doo tattoo on his calf. Um, and I, ho I hope he hears this so he can hear this, <laughs> but, um, for sure. he, he was really in the Greco and he was, had a great personality, real funny guy. And when I was going to the schoolboy duels, I just really wanted to do well in Greco for him, you know, because of his love for it. He, yep. he got me super excited. Um, so I go to schoolboy duels and I go one in seven in Greco. Um, I won one match, lost seven, <laughs> my first Greco competition ever. I was so upset. And then freestyle came around. I went seven and one, total opposite. And I was like, man, I, I think yep. this grabbing legs thing is for me. I, I don't know about this other stuff. 
Right. But, you know, it didn't deter me from wrestling both styles in, uh, in New Jersey. And because of this club, they, they just kind of pushed us to wrestle both styles. And uh, at that time, Greco was always before freestyle, too. So you just went early. You wrestled more matches. And uh, it was fun. My second year schoolboy, I ended up winning the Triple Crown. Um, I started seeing some success. And then first year cadet at Fargo, I ended up winning Greco and then not placing in freestyle. And I always just wrestled both styles. That's just kind of what you did. I feel like nowadays um, guys don't do that as much, especially at the younger ages. And I would say for any young guys listening um i'd wrestle both styles i think i think it's good to develop things um develop different fields it allowed me to get comfortable with upper body um i'm not saying i throw a ton but if i do get in a situation you know it's not i've been there before and i'm not scared to uh to go up there so yeah i started started seeing that success (laughs) one fargo a few times and in Greco, never in freestyle, took a runner-up twice. And, um, but, you know, when it, when it came down to it, I always liked attacking legs, and I knew freestyle was going to be more the route that I was going to take. Um, and, yeah, here we are years and years later. <laughs> and, and I do think it's so, so crucial. Like, you know, I think some people look at it like, if I'm not going to be a Greco star – and and I get like as a fan, Greco's boring to watch, especially when you have freestyle. Like Greco's not as entertaining. You kind of have to be a diehard to, I think, to enjoy it. Like I love freestyle. I love folk style. Greco for me is hard as a fan to get into, and it's not a popular opinion. But I like your perspective, which is especially at a young age. There's a lot of development there you can use it for, and you don't have to take that one path of i want to be a freestyle olympic champ so all i'm going to do is freestyle you know like any guy you ask that's high level like you will say like listen freestyle folk style it's all wrestling and i think mixing in greco helps exactly and that's what i like wrestling is wrestling um i mean that's where i think i developed some pretty good parterre skills um you look at it most most of those greco wrestlers are way better in parterre than us freestyle wrestlers <laughs> they spend time there. Um, they need right. to be good there. Whereas us in freestyle, you know, we're, we're really, I think just um, as a nation too, we don't spend enough time in parterre. Um, I think it could be a place where we can get better as freestyle wrestlers. And I think Greco definitely helped, helped expose me to that. And uh, just the comfort, even hand fighting. I mean, you watch, you watch these matches right. from the U.S. Open. These guys are in there battling for every single position. Um, they're yeah. fighting, and yep. that's important, too. It's, it's a different way of hand fighting, maybe, but, you know, those skills carry over. That's for sure. Right. And, and speaking of development, so, you, you know, you, you go all over the place. You're training. You're doing awesome in high school. And then you make the decision to go to Stanford, and then you make the decision to go to Ohio State. What went into the decisions behind going to those schools? Yeah. Um, so again, back to Blair. Um, a lot of those guys that were older than me, that a lot of them were going to Ivy League schools. Um, we we all were put into that mindset to kind of use Blair to go to the best 
um, academic institution. And, um, you know, a lot of, yep. a lot of guys are following suit with that now. And, and luckily right now, I feel like a lot of these Ivy league programs are totally on the rise. I mean, Cornell has uh, of course been a staple, um, Totally. Princeton's getting a lot better. I'm down at Penn now. We're getting a lot better. Um, the, these programs are getting better because they offer these kids the chance to go get a high-level education and be able to wrestle at a high-level collegiately. Um, so we were all kind of in that mindset. Yep. And then um, I was looking at Stanford. A few of my older teammates at Blair had gone there, Evan Silver, Max Holbeck. Um, so I'd gone out, taken a few visits, and then when it came down to it, um, I was looking at Penn, Princeton, uh, Lehigh, and Stanford. And um, when I really thought about it, I was like, man, I've been wrestling for a long time. And I feel like when I was a kid, you know, I, I, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to go to a place where I could maybe get some type of athletic scholarship where not to say I was being rewarded for my wrestling, but, you know, I kind of yep. wanted to alleviate some of that stress. My parents have been supporting me all up until that point, um, you know, with every, every yep. wrestling thing. And um, I kind of wanted to go out on a limb and do some on my own. So I chose Stanford. I thought it was uh, a great place for me to go. Um, obviously, the education is top notch, arguably number one in the world for undergraduate. And, um, I chose to go and, you know, I, I loved every bit of my two years there. I grew, I grew so much as a person. Um, but you know, there were just little things that eventually over time, um, I just kind of made me unhappy in being there. And when it came down to it, I, I really reflected on my life and I realized that I'd made a lot of decisions in my life. Uh, based on wrestling, you know, I chose to go to Blair because they were one of the number one teams in the country. Um, you know, yeah. I went to Stanford on that kind of whim, so to speak. Um, and I was like, man, you know, like wrestling's really made me happy in my life. And, you know, like it, it's, it's what I love. It's, it's my passion. It's my passion at the moment. And I really feel like I got to pursue that. Um, so I, you know, decided to take that big leap of faith and, and transfer. That was, uh, before, before this transfer rule. Um, so I had to go ask my coaches for a release. I had to have those hard face to face conversations and really, um, you know, right. figure out and reflect within and figure out if that's really what I wanted to do. You know, what, what was I going to do if I left a place like Stanford and, um, you know, I had I had to battle a lot of things personally, um, just in letting go of what other people think um, to make that decision. And I knew I knew I was looking at wrestling schools. I was looking at Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, and Lehigh. Those were those were the four schools I was looking at. Yep. And um, Ohio State just culturally when I when I visited there. Um, it was amazing. I'd always liked Ohio state. I had a good relationship with Kyle Snyder, Miles Martin. Um, and you know, I, I, that was the place I wanted to go. I wanted to go try to beat Penn state. 
um, didn't happen in my career, but you know, I wouldn't change anything about it. I loved my time with the Buckeyes and, um, you know, they welcomed me, welcomed me with open arms. For sure. And speaking of taking a leap of faith, I know you're a Christian and I know you, you're active about your faith and, and you're vocal about it. When did you start to develop your faith and how has that impacted your career? And, you know, kind of curious about how it impacted your career from a decision standpoint. Um, when you maybe, you know, I know in business, I lean on my faith all the time for what I'm going to potentially do next and, and decisions. And I know it kind of gets me from highs to lows and lows to highs. How did that impact your career, both young and then through college, as you're making these tough decisions, like leaving Jersey to go to California, leaving California to go, go to Ohio state. Like what was that like? Yeah. Um, I mean, growing up, I always, I always believed in God and, um, you know, I feel like growing up, I, I went, I kind of went through the mo. Now looking back, I'd say I went through the motions. Um, you know, I, I always believed yep. in God. I prayed when things got hard, um, you know, but that was kind of it. And when I was at Stanford going through this whole process, um, you know, things, things were just, things were just tough. Um, and then, you know, when I des finally decided to go to Ohio state, I was like, man, I knew I was going to a place where, um, culturally, you know, coach Ryan, guys like Kyle, they're very open about their faith. And I knew it was something that I would explore more. Um, so when I got to Ohio state, I'd yep. say is where my, uh, my, my new walk really started. And, um, I just learned a lot. I yep. got, I had great fellowship, started going to athletes in action. Um, you know, talking to guys like Tervell, Kyle, Nate, uh, coach Ryan, guys that were a little stronger and more mature in their faith than I was. I started seeing things you know, I seeing yep. differences about these guys and the way they competed, things Tervell would talk about on the mental aspect of wrestling. And, um, you know, I felt that presence in my life and, you know, looking back, I truly feel like uh, God called me to Ohio State. I think that's why he called me there, um, so I could get to know his son, yep. Jesus, and uh, really start exploring that. And, um, you know, my my junior sure. year, I, it started taking away a lot of stress, a lot of anxieties when I could go out there and compete. Um, I still had those butterflies in my stomach, but they'd go away a little sooner than they used to. Um, and I really felt like I could be a little more free out there because, you know, I, when it comes down to it, I can only control, you know, Travell used to say, you got to control the controllables and everything else. You got to just let God take care of. And the controllables really are our yeah. preparation, our attitude and our effort. Um, and, and I keep, yeah. I repeatedly tell myself that even up to this point in my career, you know, especially now that I've felt it, I've felt that stress and anxiety come off before I step on the mat. I've felt, yep. um, I've had the ability to just shoot more. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, stay, man, I have that like performance anxiety. I, I shoot so much in practice. I go out there, I don't take one shot. You know, and I think I think uh, my faith really helped me let go of some of those things. And you know, e even before every match, I just say, you know, 
you'll take care of the results, but let me just control my attitude and my effort. Um, and as, as long as I right. give a hundred percent in those things, I can't be, you know, I, I gave it all. And, um, you know, a good story, not story, but thing I have to say about that is just, you know, my, my, my nationals, uh, my finals appearance this year. Um, you know, of course it, yep. it, it stings. They, they always do. Um, I'm not saying you don't feel that sting. It doesn't hurt to lose. Um, you know, we're all human. We're all competitive, but you know, I had a lot of, um, man, what's the word I'm looking for? Just not relief, but adversity after I lost that match, you know, the outcome was the way it was. And I had given all my attitude, yep. all my effort to that match. Um, my preparation was top notch going in. And when it's all said and done, I lost, but you know, I was proud of the way I competed. I was proud of the way I represented myself, the way I represented God. And, um, that, that's what it's about. You know, I'm not going to be able to take these wins and losses with me. Um, but what I can do is impact others and, you know, make a difference on people and have people question, you know, what's different about that guy? Why is he, you know, why is he like that? How does he have such, you know, how does he have that outlook? Um, you know, what allows him to compete freely like that? What allows him to just go out there and keep slinging shots? You know, what, what allows him to get knocked on his butt and get right back up. Um, and wrestling teaches us that in general, um, just because of the nature of the sport. But I think, um, you know, the faith, the faith side of things is where, you know, I feel like I've really jumped up to the next level. Um, cause I have a lot more contentment, a lot more peace when I walk out on the mat because wrestling's wrestling. It's, it's my life at the moment, but you know, it's not what's going to define me overall. So. Totally. And I'm assuming too, like your career has had so many ups and downs like so many in the sport, you know, last year you, you lost at the last chance qualifier, didn't even get to the team trials and you experienced such a low there. And then you have such a high where, you know, you avenge a loss to Yanni, you, you upset him. People don't see that coming. Like there's such highs and lows all within one year. Is that how you've been able to find some consistency and balance and navigating those ups and downs? For sure. Um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of things that go, go into things like that. And yeah, I mean, it stunk. I had a, you know, seated third at the U S open back in May um, or April, whenever it was. You know, losing the pre-quarters, then losing the rounds of 12. Don't make shot, you know, go to last chance, lose again to Dean Heil for the second week in a row. Um, but, you know, like the way I took it was, hey, man, like you got to, you know, you got to be thankful for what you've been, you know, what you've been blessed with up to this point. And, you know, this is, this is where you reflect. And that's where, um, like you were saying, that, that's where that prayer came in. You know, I knew I was kind of, I was started looking at other RT. I had already been looking at other RTCs, but you know, there's just a lot of things that can cloud um, our minds in this world and really distract us from, from the things that are most important. So 
because I didn't make trials, I was like, Hey, look, um, I didn't make trials. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm not meant to be there this year, but I still know one. I know in my heart that I'm one of the best wrestlers in the weight. Um, I was in, I want, I was in final X last year. You know, that, that didn't deter me from anything just cause I didn't make the trials. Um, and I think it was exactly what I needed to reset myself going into the Olympic year. You know, I had just finished up uh, a four-year college career, college wrestling career, and it was time to, tra- you know, I needed to figure out this transition into this next role as an RTC athlete. And, um, you know, that's exactly what I look back on this as. Um, it was a way for me to reset my mind and, learn about kind of who I was, what I'm looking, you know, what, what's the plan for the, for the next stage in life. And, you know, I really, I really prayed on it, um, you know, prayed on these decisions and, you know, God calls us to, to be our best self, to try to live like Christ and, you know, just keep refining. And that wrestling is that. We, we keep refining every single day. We'll never be perfect. We, we always have adjustments to make. Um, so I took it as the opportunity to keep refining, figuring out what I needed to do next and to totally just reset my mind before the Olympic year. And um, like I said, the belief, the belief was always there. I had the belief in myself. Even when I lost that match to Dean, Dean Heil and walked off the mat like, dang, I'm not going to trials. I was like, hey, this is a chance to spend time with your family. This is a chance to kind of reassess, figure out um, what the next move is. And, and here I am. <laughs> um, I think it was, again, a great blessing. And I didn't take it hard. You know, you got to take everything for face value, I feel like. You can't look into it too much, um, especially with a loss like that. You know, losses like that in general. You know, even this past weekend, you know, I had a great tournament, didn't finish up the way I wanted, still competed very well. Again, showed, showed that I'm right there. And, um, but you know what? It, it wasn't about winning, winning that tournament. The, the goal was to go there and qualify for the trials. That's done. And back to the refining process. Yeah, and a few few kind of questions off of that. You know, speaking of moving to the Penn RTC, what has that been like? You know, I know from a Christian standpoint, I know Brandon Slay is a man of God, and I know he's very vocal and active in his faith too. What has it been like to not only move to the Penn RTC and kind of have a fresh start, like no more folk style, no more college classes? It's a complete new start from, you know, Ohio to Philadelphia. What has that been like? so far it's been great um coach slay is is a great mentor great coach um and you know i I have everything i need down there philly's a great place um my sister actually lives in we actually live together down in philadelphia it's closer to home um i got great training partners a chance to kind of help build the program and um you know, like I said, in, in this time before I chose that, I started figuring out that, you know, the RTC athlete life is different than the college athlete life. You know, this is now, I don't have to go to class. I don't have to do these things. I don't have to work out before 9 a.m. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, 
Right. It's a completely, completely different world. Different world. Um, I have more freedom to take care of the things that I need to. You know, I, I can put this time, effort, and energy into my body, into recovering, into making sure I'm getting the right sleep. Um, and I've taken those things very seriously. And I think, um, you know, being down there has, has helped that. Um, you know, I'm on a new lifting program. I'm, um, you know, I wrestle this many days a week. You know, I take off this many days a week um, because that rest and recovery is just as important as the time you put on the mat. You know, and, and what I figured out is because as an RTC athlete now, I'm, I'm training less, but the minutes that I put in are more valuable. They're more quality minutes. Every minute that right. I do have in the room, I have my full focus and attention there. Um, you know, I feel like sometimes as wrestlers, we get caught caught in the motion of just going through the motions and being that cog in the wheel. Um, but you know, when, when you're really looking to refine every single day, you got to find those things, you know, even when you don't feel like going in, you find that one thing that you are going to try to get better at. Um, you know, we're all wrestlers. We're all human. There are always some days where we don't want to go in the wrestling room, but we got to. And, um, it's finding the joy in those little things like, all right, hey, maybe I don't want to be here fully doing this, but, you know, maybe I can really work on, oh, this new little hand fighting thing I'm working on um, or really just, just hammering down something. And um, I feel like that's, that's what I've learned through this process, um, getting those quality minutes that when I am in there, in the room, I'm being deliberate, I'm being intentional, and everything has a purpose. Um, you know, and that's, I think that's the biggest change I've seen, I feel like. And how are, what's the self-awareness levels like? You know, I feel like it's, when you have ups and downs, it takes a lot of self-awareness and takes a lot of reflection to kind of keep yourself grounded and to know where, where you have to kind of let it go and say, okay, I wasn't meant to beat the trials this year and not get down on yourself. And then there's times where it's like, okay, I should have won this match. I should have done this. What is that self-awareness process like? And is it, is it because of who you surround yourself with? Is it, you know, how you were raised? Is it a combination of everything? Like what's that self-awareness level like to now know 65 kilo is arguably the toughest weight class in the country. Like they're all tough, but you know, this weight class is no joke. And you know, you're right there. Like the only guy who wasn't there this weekend is Zane. Aside from that, everybody pretty much was there. That's going to be a contender for the Olympic team. And you were the runner up. Like you're right there. How do you now take that and kind of have that time of self-awareness to figure out what adjustments you need to make to complete the job and and make the team? Yeah. I I mean, I think it's all those things. Um, you know, in terms of the technical thing, it's, it's going to be my coaches, who I'm surrounding myself with, how, how we're, you know, what kind of game plan and what things we're going to figure out to, to combat those things. Um, you know, I, I got to avenge a few matches, but guess what? I'm going to have those same matches again in four months, so I can't overlook that. It's not like, oh, hey, I beat them, we're good. It's like, no, we still got to get better. Right. Um, you know, we got to figure out how I'm not going to get turned, how I'm going to, you know, get to these positions that I need to get to, um, how I'm going to prevent him from getting to these positions that he got to. Um, so on the yeah. wrestling side of things, yeah, it's, it's 
um, who I'm surrounding myself with. On the other side of things, I mean, I, I like to consider myself a high-level thinker, so I always just try to keep a very, um, you know, just objective view of it all. Um, I try not to get too caught up in those yeah. little things that, that do drive us crazy. And I'm not saying I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't think about those things, but when I do, I try to just navigate it to that bigger scale um, and the end goal. You know, even when I look back, right, it's like, man, I, I, I lost that match. I lost 10-0, man. Like, I, you know, had a great tournament up to that point, didn't finish the way I wanted. But, hey, the goal wasn't, you know, yes, of course I want to win, but the goal was to come here and qualify. You know, now I have that stress off. Now yep. it's those adjustments that need to make. It's, it's taking that, like, higher-level look and really being like, all right, what – all in all, what needs to be done and what was done. So what was done was qualifying for the trial, avenging a few losses that, you know, felt good for me. Um, but, you know, how am I going to continue to get better to, you know, continue to, <laughs> to continue to glorify God in the way that I know how. And right now that's wrestling. Um, you know, I feel like, when I, you know, when I'm out, how am I going to get rid of that, get rid of those little stress things that, that I feel going into the matches? Um, you know, it's, it's all of it. But when it comes down, I think, I mean, I think my faith has, is a big reason why I'm able to look at all these things the way I am. Um, Cause like I said a little bit earlier, wrestling's wrestling and I'm not going to be able to take that with me. Um, but it's all these little lessons that I'm learning throughout the process. Those are the things that are going to continue on past the wrestling mat in, you know, five years down the line. Um, and for right now, again, taking them and applying them through that wrestling lens. Um, Cause that's my life at the moment. <laughs> and, and speaking of like how it's going to impact you in the future, like, I mean, I can speak to that for the longest time because I only wrestled in JV and in varsity in high school and the past 12 years running multiple companies, I can speak for days to how much wrestling has done for me. And you don't really know it in the process when you're that young. And I think it's a little bit different now. I mean, you're older than a high schooler and you, you have a bit more self-awareness for how the world works. And I know that you have business aspirations and you have other things you want to do post wrestling. How much time do you spend kind of planning for that, preparing for that, or, or haven't you really started that yet? Um, so Coach Slay always says, you know, we do the natural and then let God take care of the supernatural. So the natural for us is, right, we create these plans, we create these things that we want to do. Um, but ultimately, you know, when it's all said and done, whatever is in God's will is what's going to happen. And... Um, you know, yeah, I have right now I have plans, um, you know, after when when my wrestling career is over, I want to go get an MBA. Um, you know, I have business aspirations and I want to do that. But, you know, I, I try to keep a loose hand on all those things. Um, I have these ideas because those are the ways that I um, right. The, those are my little measures of how I'm going to get better, how I'm going to kind of keep progressing, um, keep growing. So that's like what I think about, but you know, if, 
if my heart gets changed along the process, then it does. You know, people ask me if I want to coach wrestling. At this time, I don't. But if my heart changed and when it's all said and done in five, five or six years, even if I go get an MBA and next thing you know, I want to coach wrestling, I'm going to coach wrestling. Um, I, I, you know, right. I, I truly want to just do whatever um, is best for me and whatever I feel led to do. And, um, yeah, so my plan, like I said, is to try to, I have these business aspirations and, um, you know, I just want to, is there anything specific you want to do business or do you just like kind of want to be in business? I'm just curious. Um, I've had a little bit of experience with construction management. Um, but, um, you know, I'm not married. I'm not married to anything. Um, I don't have any, you know, when I was, when I was out at Stanford, all those people were techie. So, I wasn't very techy. Right. You know, I wasn't a computer computer yep. science major, coding. Um, a lot of respect for those guys. That stuff is all like awesome and it's next level in the future. Um but you know, what whatever kind of opportunities come along. Um I just wanna continue to grow and you know, become better and impact people and whatever business route that may be where I'm going to be able to impact people the most um, is is exactly what I want to do. Yeah, and I think you said it perfectly with, you know, it's I think no matter what because you're you're so focused right now on competing and winning an Olympic and a world championship, your heart is going to change and God molds our hearts into things through the process and I'm I'm always curious because I I know some people have just different desires and you know god takes those desires and sometimes he amplifies them sometimes he minimizes them sometimes something crazy happens in our lives that transitions us to focus on something else but it's cool too to have that confidence in the back of your mind and your heart that god can still change your heart maybe you will become a coach you don't know like it's one of those things that you you're constantly evolving both your desires and then as you're growing and developing through everything you're doing there's so many possibilities and, and what could be exactly. Next. And I, and I mean, you said it best. That that's exactly it. I know in the back of the back of my mind that, um, you know, as long as I'm pursuing, you know, as long as I'm making God the center of my life every day, um, and that's true and genuine, then, you know, I think no matter what <laughs> I'm going to be led to do what I'm meant to do. And, um, and yeah, Whatever that is, that's going to be. Right. And like, you know, I, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this yet, but I guess we can because how much trouble can I get in? But I know you're now on board with us at Scrap Life, which is super cool. And, you know, one of the things I think is so interesting about brands and, and wrestling especially is it's such a small community and you can leverage being with different companies to see what opportunities pop up. Like I'm close with Don and I got involved with Scrap Life personally because when Don owned Flips Wrestling and Flips Wrestling sponsored Burroughs, Burroughs told them, told Don and, and Rocco Mansueto at the time, like, dude, Justin Bash and Bash Solutions need to build your website. Like they're the best. So I got hooked up with Don just to say, hey, Flips Wrestling needs a website. 
all right, we'll help you. We became good friends and that turned into being business partners. And I would have never thought I'd be involved on a partner level of an apparel company. Yeah. But this sport being so tight knit gives you those opportunities. And I'm excited to see, you know, what happens in the next three to five years, both within scrap life and what happens like where this can go. I mean, I think there's so many little niches within wrestling. And I think we're seeing that with the the different buckets in the country where you have so much going on in Pennsylvania, in Jersey, in Ohio, on the West Coast. And you have these different worlds where I forgot who I was talking to, maybe Ashnault, um, where it's like, yeah, it was him. Because I'm like, dude, in Jersey, you're a legend. But then you can go to somewhere else and nobody even knows who you are. And it's the same with like Burroughs. Like Burroughs goes to Iran and they're trying to tackle him in the streets. They're so excited to see him and get an autograph. Then he flies home, walks through the airport like he's a high school kid. You know, and it's like there, there's so much opportunity within those little niches. And I'm excited to see what happens with your career in scrap life on the map. I think there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, first off, I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, I've been, it's been a, been a long time coming. Um, you know, but but I believe in it. Um, the gear is the best. The joggers are the best. I got to wear, um, you know, a pair of the prototype shoes this past weekend. They felt great. Um, so I'm really excited about those and and what those are going to look like for uh, for us and the and the team. And um, you know, like you said, you know, so we don't know what's going to happen. But all we can all we can focus on is, you know, trying to trying to have a better product, trying to, trying to represent ourselves in the right way. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this journey. And when you talk to about, like, I'll, I'll try not to go off on a tangent here, let you go here in a minute. But, you know, when you talk about leaving a lasting impact, it's funny how different that looks too, because like as, as Scrap Life gets ready to launch a shoe in quarter one here, like you're in on that ground journey and you're giving feedback on the shoe and you're, wrestling in it you know aside from north the bill Farrell, i think you have more matches in the shoe now than anybody from an actual competition standpoint and when you talk about like lasting legacy and lasting impressions and like that's that's huge <laughs> like to be able to be on the ground floor of something like that and tell people like i contributed to this i wasn't just a paid athlete i wasn't somebody who's just paid to put a logo on a shirt like that's cool and that's something you know not everybody gets to say but I think it's also even cooler when you get to be a part of the development of it and you get to be a part of the you know the, the next five years of what happens with the shoe to be in, in and be such a part of that early story I think is not only a blessing but it's something not a lot of people get to do yeah really. I agree I mean and, and, and like you said, back to what you were saying about just the opportunities that it opens up. I mean, you know, yes, I, I now have an apparel company behind me, but but I want to help that business grow. And whatever I can do to kind of, you know, add value to that process, I'm going to do. And, you know, I feel like I can add a lot of value to that. So it's, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, we got a lot of great wrestling minds behind it. Um, you know, Scrap Life and Rudis are, are currently the two heavy hitters, I feel like. And, um, you know, they're both new up and coming companies and 
you know, we have a lot of room to grow. I think we're just kind of tapping into it now, too. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm biased, you know, obviously, <laughs> but I, I think the, the quality we put behind the Scrap Life gear is just like, you know, it, it's all I wear. I mean, when I got my company closed, because, you know, running Bash Solutions, like I got to go to meetings and stuff. So my hack was I had Bash Solutions joggers made in Bash Solutions infrared. And I go meet with clients in Bash Solutions joggers and Bash Solutions infrared. Like once you wear that stuff, you get used to wearing it. Man, it's hard. Like I know I got to go get ready for church here in a few hours for Christmas Eve. And it's like, I just want to wear joggers <laughs> and <laughs> a twist hoodie or something. Exactly. But yeah, man, it's exciting. Um, I'm really pumped for what's going to happen with, with Scrap Life and, again, with your career. And do you know now, like, leading up to the trials, do you have plans for where you're competing next and, w and what's coming up next in the short term? Um, so I, I'm hoping to go on an overseas tour here in January. Um, I'm trying to work out the details on where that's going to be. Um, but, you know, just, again, keep on refining. Um, I want to I wanna get some foreign feel, get some competition against, uh, some international guys. I think that's really important in this Olympic year. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, every day in practice, continuing to make the necessary adjustments and figure it out. Um, you know, when it's all said and done at Olympic trials, there's going to be seven to eight guys in the weight. Um, and it's going to take a good, you know, a hard day, day or two of wrestling and, you know, smart, smart wrestling and um so every day up until that point is going to be geared towards getting better and and figuring that out and um you know like i said got that competition in january hopefully compete again maybe a february march uh before olympic trials just so um you know just so i'm continually getting better getting tested and um you know, wrestling those top guys. And dude, every day is so important. I mean, I looked yesterday and as of yesterday, we were 103. So now 102 days out, like that time is going to fly by, dude. Like it feels like I just met my wife yeah. yesterday and that was like two years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean, like in a hundred days, the Olympic trials are, and it's like, man, you do. And it goes back to you talking about like every minute is such a quality minute. And being able to focus on whatever you're doing, whether it's on the mat, off the mat, with your diet, with your faith, with whatever, having those that quality time where those minutes you're putting in are as quality as they can be. Because, man, before we know it, <laughs> April 4th will oh, be yeah. here. Real soon. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, listen, I know you're busy. I know you're getting ready for Christmas Eve and Christmas, even though it doesn't look like Christmas yeah. outside or feel like Christmas, but Christmas is tomorrow. So thank you for making some time to, to stop by the show, and congrats on a good weekend, yeah. man. I look forward to Thanks what's next. Thanks for having me. It's great chatting. Great chatting with you, Joey, and that is how we will end today's show. Guys, girls, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. Send me feedback, connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, and we'll be back soon with another episode. See ya. And the beat goes on.